Hey, Deal Farm listeners. In today's show, we talk all about lead generation. Welcome to the Deal Farm Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tricks to help make you a better real estate investor. Your show hosts are Ken Corsini, star of the HGTV show Flipper Flop Atlanta, and Mike Hambright, founder of FlipNerd.com one of the nation's leading websites for real estate investors with over 100,000 subscribers. Ready to talk real estate? Let's start today's show. Hey folks, this is Ken Corsini and I'm with my good friend Mike Hambright for the second episode of Deal Farm since we have relaunched into the new format. Mike, how you doing today, buddy? Good, good. How's it going, Ken? I'm doing pretty good. It's a little cold, actually. Yeah, that time it, 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 it is the season. I know, heading into the hall. I don't know what happened. I felt like it was uh, summer, and all of a sudden it's winter, like overnight here, heading into the holidays. I don't know if you ever. Uh, so you know, you obviously you're in Atlanta. I'm in Dallas, so it's all relative. My family lives in Illinois, and so you know, sometimes I find myself uh, talking to my mom. I'll be like, "Mom, it's so cold here," and she's like, "I could see her rolling her eyes." Right? She's like, "You know," <laughs> I was like, "She's like, what's the temperature there?" I was like, "Well, it's like 38 today." She's like, "Well, it's seven below here," so you know, it's all it's all relative to where you're it at is. in the country, I guess. It's way we were filming on we were filming the show uh, yesterday and had a friend come. Some of our friends like to just come out and see the, the behind the scenes. And she had a, a sister in from Michigan, and we we're complaining about how cold it is. My wife's shivering. <laughs> we could see our breath, and she's literally rolling her eyes like this is this is actually <laughs> yeah. like summer for us. This is fantastic. Yeah, I remember when I I moved to Dallas in 1999 from Chicago. And uh, in, in, when you're going up in the Midwest, like people, people that are in the Midwest will get what I'm about to say here. When it hits 50, that's uh, that's what we call shorts weather, you know, shorts. but I remember, you know, sometimes wearing shorts in Dallas and seeing people with like earmuffs on and stuff. I'm like, you guys are crazy. But I think, uh, you know, I've been here for 18 years, so I feel that way now too. I, I couldn't go back to that Midwestern, uh, those Midwestern winters. Dude, I don't know how people do it year in and year. That's uh, yeah. to me, Atlanta's cold. I, I almost want to move south just to get warmer weather. Further but. south, right? right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Awesome. Well, uh, so what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about lead generation, right? Lead generation, which is really the linchpin to even having a real estate business. If you yeah. if you can't find the deals, you don't have a business, right? Right. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you know, a lot of people that want to get started in real estate investing that. Um, you know, they sometimes don't really understand yet until you start to explain it to them is, you know, uh, one of the things that you do as a real estate investor is find, find rundown houses and make them pretty again. A lot of what, obviously what you guys do on your show, right? Sure. But um, one thing that gets overlooked sometimes until people actually get started to get in the business is how do you find those deals, right? You gotta, you gotta find them. You can't yep. take an ugly house and make it pretty if you can't find it. I think maybe and maybe even watching shows like ours, people take for granted how much effort goes into finding those deals. Right. I think maybe early on, I just assume you could just jump on your local MLS and find a good deal, and you're off to the races. Yeah. And you're, during the downturn, that actually was that was sort of the case. Believe it or not, I remember when I first got started, almost all of our deals came off of MLS. Really? really so, yeah. I mean, for years, and I think I took for granted for years how easy it was to find deals. I yeah, and I think that's market specific too. Yeah, because like here, you know, in Dallas, Texas markets really there was never a big downturn here like there were in other markets. Certainly, like Florida markets and Las Vegas, California markets, like there wasn't as big of a downturn. And so, you know, I, I tell people I've bought hundreds and hundreds of houses, but I, I think I've only bought three or four off the MLS. We just never really used it as a 
as a vehicle to find deals just because we tried a few times and we just struggled with it. So we relied more on, you know, advertising and other lead generation tactics. Really? Even during the downturn, that was the case for you Yeah. Guys. And some of it could have just been, there was an opportunity there, but I was so focused on doing it in other ways that, I mean, there definitely were times where I taught my guys, hey, when you're going on appointments to talk to sellers, which we're doing through our leads from advertising, uh, you know, we're pulling the comps, we're doing all this stuff. I said, while you're out there, each, each appointment you go to, um, find two houses that you're going to look at and submit offers on off the MLS. And so over time we made hundreds of offers and we just got very, very few of them. So I think we just huh. kind of shifted away from it. So interesting. Well, I can tell you now the market that we're in with as hot as real estate is, I mean, I don't know the last time an investor found a really good deal on the MLS. I know we certainly have, haven't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to find good deals. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I, that sort of begs the question then, if somebody's listening to this, okay, if, if I don't go to MLS and find a deal, where are all these good deals that you guys find to flip? And yeah. it's the $20 million question because I feel like everybody, all the successful investors sort of have their own philosophy and niches to where they find good deals, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, Deal Farm listeners, if you're actively doing deals already and looking to take your business to a whole new level, I've got an incredible opportunity for you. There's nothing that has accelerated growth in my business more than surrounding myself with other successful real estate investors. My co-hosts of the Deal Farm podcast, Mike Hambright and I have started a powerful mastermind for active real estate investors called Investor Fuel. If you'd like to learn more about this incredible opportunity only available for those actively doing deals, please go to dealfarm.net forward slash mastermind. If it looks like a fit, you can request your invitation to join us at one of our upcoming meetings where you'll be surrounded with dozens of other active investors, all actively doing deals. In fact, some of our current members have done hundreds of deals and will share their knowledge, tips, and tricks with you. Just go to dealfarm.net forward slash mastermind to learn more and request your invitation today. Hope to see you at our next mastermind meeting. And it's market specific too. Like in some markets, there still are, I know like up in Jersey in the Northeast, uh, there's still some REO type stuff going on. Texas, that doesn't exist quite as much. Yeah. Um, so it's really, th some of this, what we're going to talk about today is market specific. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think one thing to point out is, you know, I think what a lot of people uh, that are new don't really understand quite yet, so hopefully this will help you, is that, look, uh, the MLS, that's that's where 95% of the houses are sold. Like, you know, uh, not a distressed situation usually, right? It's somebody that just needs to sell their house. They're moving. They want to move. Maybe they're getting divorced or something. There might be some motivation in there. But usually, you know, houses that don't need a ton of work sell on the MLS. And uh, that's like 95% of the market. But as investors, we're really looking for those distressed houses usually, which is a small piece of the market. But a lot of that happens outside of the MLS, right? There's this kind of underground, I say underground market, but it ends up being a pretty significant portion of, of uh, deals that happens outside of the retail market, right? Right, right. Well, that's and just to clarify, that's what we mean by off market. If, we, yeah. if we're talking about a house that's off market, it means it's not on the MLS. Right. The general population probably doesn't know about it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's talk about some ways to find those off market deals. And, and most people intuitively know because you've driven around your, your city and you've seen signs. So like bandit signs are what a lot of people think of when they think of real estate investors trying to find deals off market which, you know, are the ones that say, hey, we buy houses cash or close in five days or, right. 
you know, you know facing foreclosure or something, something along those lines. But it goes a lot deeper than that. Do you have a lot of that in Dallas? I'm assuming you do. Yeah, I'm there's sure. a lot of bandit sign stuff here. I, I honestly have never used bandit signs before. And part of it is, you know, they're they're getting more and more aggressive here. But as long as I've been a real estate investor, they've always been considered illegal here. Now, what illegal was early on was they're just going to pull your signs and stuff. But I think now more and more they're fining people and they're fining people. They're definitely threatening pretty significant fines. Like we're going to charge you. I've even heard somebody recently told me that, that they were told they're going to get charged $500 per sign. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I guess my general belief is I know a lot of real estate investors, um, if you're hungry enough, you need to get out and hustle and make things happen. So I appreciate that side of the bandit sign, uh, uh, thing, but truthfully, I think anything that has the word "bandit" in it that you have to do at 3 a.m. with a ski mask on is probably not a sustainable business practice. But uh, you know, so I've kind of said, like, I'm not going to tell you to do it. I'm not going to tell you to not do it. I just got to tell you to do what you got to do to get your business going. Yeah. Well, and really, so you can really break down your your lead gen in two different categories. I would say your paid advertising and your unpaid advertising, right. and so. You don't necessarily have to have a bunch of marketing dollars to go out there and start finding deals, uh, but you but you do have to have a lot of hustle and a lot of time commitment if you're not going to spend the money right. to, to find the deal. So let's maybe talk about a couple of the ways that you can do it from a paid perspective. What are some of the bigger sure. bigger methods? Yeah, I mean the most common and what we teach in our coaching um, when folks are getting started is is generally most people start with direct mail, right? Because it's it's the lowest barrier to entry to get started. You don't have to, you know, the other and the other one I'll talk about is pay per click. Uh, so uh, like Google AdWords, so you're buying ads that uh, are showing up and when people are doing Google searches. So those are the two things that truthfully that I focus most on these days are uh, pay per click and direct mail. But to give it some context, with pay per click, well, inherently you have to have a website, you have to have some more systems and automation uh, in place. Uh, but with direct mail, you have to have a phone number and you have to mail direct mail, right? You can get a phone number set up. I mean, you, I wouldn't advocate using your cell phone number, but you could use another number to pass through to it. So we won't get into that yet. But yeah, direct mail and pay-per-click are generally where most real estate investors start, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's a direct mail can be like a postcard. And I'm sure... You, most folks listening to this have probably seen those postcards before that show up. Hey, are you interested in selling? It could also be like a letter, like a yellow letter. And it's probably, we could probably do a podcast on another day where we take a deeper dive into what some of those, those paid ones look like. For sure. Um, but unpaid, uh, what are some of the free ways that people can get out there and start generating leads? Yeah. Could- yeah. And for our listeners too, you know, you got to, consider if you don't, if you want to get started and you want this bad enough, if you've got the fire in your belly to be successful, but you don't have a lot of money to generate leads, you got to just use kind of some of these tactics we're going to talk about here, which are more of like hustle tactics. So could, you know, some of the, some of the more popular ways are you'll hear people use the phrase driving for dollars. And mm-hmm. so what does that mean? Well, that means you're driving around neighborhoods and you're finding houses that look like they're distressed or, um, you know, possibly even vacant and then doing something with that. So it could be knocking on the door, you know, you drive up and it looks like the house is, uh, of course, if it's vacant, you know, nobody's going to answer. Right. But, um, but you could add that to a list and you could send them, you know, a, a small number of, of, uh, letters or postcards where you're maybe handwriting them or sending them out or use door hangers or stick a business card in the door, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But I think they're all tactics like that where you're out networking, 
at uh, real estate clubs or other networking type events, driving in the neighborhoods, um, or asking people for referrals, just things that use a lot more of your time and don't necessarily cost you uh, money, right? Yeah. Well, I will say that uh, driving for dollars absolutely works, especially if you have an idea like geographically, I want to be in this neighborhood or here's an area that's transitioning quickly. There's a lot of buying opportunities or a lot of houses being renovated on this street. We've actually even employed guys uh, to just go door knocking for us for months at a time. Just go canvas this area, knock on every door, pass out business cards for us. And it absolutely works. Is it free? Yeah. But does it cost you time? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still you're trading your hours instead of dollars. Um, but you'd mentioned referrals too. I think uh, that's it's almost a quasi way of, of getting stuff on market, but it's off. We know a number of guys and, and, and us as well, where if you have good relationships with agents, um, especially agents that handle like REOs and, or handle distressed property, and they know that you can officially, that you're good to close, there's a lot of good deals that can come kind of on the inside track through referral business. Right. Like agents. Yeah. So I, I, I'll give you an example. There's um, so many years ago, I, I, I've, I used to I, – we could have an entire show on uh, – I mean I teach people a lot about networking and building your relationships with people. We could have an entire show on that. Maybe maybe we'll do that, Ken. I'm going to yeah, make a note here. Um, so one of the things that I used to do is um, have people come out to houses that were rehabbing and they mm-hmm. would kind of watch us. So I kind of did that to build my network. Like, hey, come watch us rehab this house. Well, we're going to meet three times. So after you kind of like opt in to this whatever – you're going to come meet us. This was all local, like here in my market. So come meet us at the beginning, right when we close on the house before we've done anything. And then let's meet again in two weeks when we're kind of halfway through. And then let's meet again in two more weeks when we're done with the project. And so I would bring people out. And truthfully, I was, you know, at the time, at that time, rehabbing probably at any given time, five to seven houses going on. So we would always pick like the nastiest one, like a burnout or the hoarder house or whatever, because you know, people enjoy seeing that transformation, right? Yeah. Same reason they that same reason they like your show, right? You That's right. you you show major transformations. You don't you you guys never have a show on there where it's like, hey, this one just needs paint and carpet, right? That would be a short <laughs> show. That'd be a short show. Exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we do the same thing, and uh, and so and one time I brought everybody to a burnout, so that of course takes longer than uh, four weeks to rehab, but people got to kind of watch our transformation of rehabbing the houses and. One of those guys that came was a realtor, and I just kind of let him know, like, hey, if you ever come across any burnouts, like, I'm your guy. And a typical realtor doesn't want to list a burnout, right? But yep. a typical realtor also has lots of friends and family that they count on to feed them business. And so this specific person has, uh, over the years, sent us, like, three or four burnouts that we bought from through him. Just through that one kind of relationship up front that made him aware that, hey, we're interested in burnouts. From a realtor standpoint, he doesn't want to list that. He doesn't really want to fool with it. And now he's got a buyer that, like, uh, a buyer that's on the sidelines that will take anything he gets that looks like that. It's amazing because this is such a relationship business. Yeah. It's amazing how just one contact can even sometimes just blow up your your, your whole business. Take take yep. our buddy here locally in Atlanta, who uh, wholesaler who literally made one good contact and now is probably responsible for almost all of his deals over the last two years. He oh, wow. found a group to buy to sell into, and it's just because he made contact. So it's it really is all about networking because you never know who that next person you're going to meet is going to turn into just a big chunk of your business. Yep, yep. I would say I don't know about you. Um, 
Because uh, often I get asked, I, like I said, I, I focus on direct mail and some online lead generation through pay-per-click. Right. Um, and so historically, a third of about, these are rough numbers because I bought hundreds of houses, so it never, they never fit into three neat buckets. But about a third of my houses come from direct mail. About a third come from uh, online lead generation. And truthfully, about a third come from networking and other investors and people that are just in my uh, network that I met in the process of running my business. Yep. It's like ours, those are probably our three main categories as well. Probably not a third and a third and a third. I'd say almost a half come from our relationships now. Yeah, that's because great. Because relationships are so important. There's so many people out there that are finding good deals and there's always opportunity for, for them to either wholesale them to us or JV on them or whatever. It's all, to me, it's all relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's just, uh, we want to emphasize the importance of generating leads. So real high level here for those of you that are looking to get started or if you're already uh, already actively investing you if you're already actively investing you understand the importance of, of finding leads right but if you start to think about it let's just make some broad assumptions here is that it might take you 20 or 30 or so motivated seller leads for people that are calling you um, that want to sell their house and that are distressed like they're not looking to sell it on the retail market you might close one out of those, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. so if you start to look at your business across years, I know Ken and I look at that, and we have we can see the trending, right? But so what? That's what we know is like, hey, if I want to buy two houses a month, then I have to have 40, 40 to sixty motivated seller leads. So in your business, instead of saying I really need to get a house, what you should be thinking is I really need to find a way to get thirty motivated seller leads because that's how you get that one house, right? That is such a good reminder that. Uh, just because you found a motivated seller doesn't mean you found a deal. Right. There's a lot of people that want to sell that are motivated to sell, but they're not going to sell at the price that you need to buy at. Yeah. And again, that's one of the most important things that we'll touch on in one of the upcoming episodes is what are the right numbers to buy a house on? What constitutes a good deal? And you know, in my mind, you're buying it between 65, 75 cents on the dollar. That's including putting rehab costs into that. Again, it depends on your market, but. Uh, it's it, it's a matter of culling through a whole bunch of leads that you've generated before you find that one that's worth either buying or wholesaling. Yep, yep. And what we teach people um, in our uh, our program, our coaching program, um, which uh, if you're interested, you could learn more. Get a little product pl- placement here. You could learn more at uh, dealfarm.net/slash/coaching, uh, where Ken and I coach other people. Is that if you kind of say, look, I want to buy a house a month or five houses a month, whatever it is you need to back into how many leads it's going to take you to do that. And then you have to figure out how to generate those leads. Cause it's like a, it's like a funnel. I know you guys are just listening in versus seeing us visually, but it's a, it's a sales funnel. If you put in 30 motivated seller leads and you're good at talking to people and negotiating and things like that, you could expect one to come out. So if you put in 60, you should get two deals a month. If you put in 90, you should get three, three deals a month. And for guys like Ken and I and all successful real estate investors that we know, they focus on, increasing their lead generation to increase the size of their business. That's right. Yeah, and if you find if you find you send X amount of postcards to get X amount of leads, right. if you want to scale up, you want to grow your business, well you and you just take that same multiple and increase the amount of postcards you're sending out. Same thing with Google pay per click or uh, whatever your methodology is of finding leads. Yep, yep. Awesome, Ken. Well you ready to wrap up this show on uh, lead generation? Yeah, hopefully this was helpful and got you guys a little bit more interested. Like I said, on a future episode, I think we'll take maybe even a deeper dive on some of the off-market strategies. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I want to ask people too, uh, if you could, um, if you're listening right now on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, any of those places, wherever you're listening to the show at, 
go out to uh, go back out there and, and give us a positive rating. It's your your kind of positive uh, ratings is what fuels us to keep doing these shows. So we appreciate your feedback and your input and show us a little love and we'll keep we'll keep the shows coming at you. Right, Ken? Appreciate it, guys. And again, if you want to even look at some of the past episodes, check us out at dealfarm.net. Always happy to have you on. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care, everybody. Did you like today's episode of the Deal Farm Real Estate Investing Show? If so, please help us out by visiting dealfarm.net, then following the links to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play to subscribe to the show and leave us a positive review. Your reviews mean the world to us and keeps us inspired to keep bringing you new content each week. Thanks for your help and see you on the next episode.